Hey, this is Nick, and I am your host of the Real Freedom Podcast. I am so excited to introduce our guests who are in the guest chair today. Darius and Courtney Petway are going to be sharing with us their inspiring journey and how they got involved in real estate. Now, I first discovered Darius and Courtney on Instagram, where I discover a lot of investors and, you know, connect with a lot of people generally. I find it to be such a huge resource for relationship building, you know, just reaching out to people, sliding in the DM, um, asking to to serve or ways that I can help or just, you know, showing love. I find that to be so helpful. And the results I get from that and the um, positive feedback I get from that has been helpful in my business, helpful in building this podcast, just helpful in general, just to you know that I can um, connect with someone and cheering someone on as they're building their business or in their path or, you know, as they're celebrating their wins. So that's something I really love. And I would encourage you if you are on social media, whether you're on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook, to really try to build genuine connections with people. Um, you know, social media is a great way to kind of promote and blast the things that are going on in your life. But I think where the oversight sometimes come in and people forget is that in most cases, there are people behind these brands and people behind these accounts. And, you know, it's really, it's cool to get to know someone, you know, to, to build a genuine relationship and and not only be in the salesy, promotey type of space, but to also find out, you know, who people are, what they're doing, what makes them tick, you know, you know, to, to really make those genuine connections and not keep it superficial on social media. So that being said, in the guest chair today is Darius and Courtney Petway. They are the husband and wife duo behind Petway Estates, LLC, and they began their real estate journey uh, birthed from the passion of revitalizing neighborhoods, improving communities, and creating generational wealth. Petway Estates is a professional, full-service real estate solutions company that buys and sells properties throughout Louisville, Kentucky. Through their example, the couple desires to show that attaining wealth and financial freedom through real estate is not reserved for the elite, but is attainable for anyone. So that was one of the things that we're going to hear when you jump into this episode in a second. But there is a thread of just love for community, love for revitalization, um, love for rebuilding and finding space where they can give back and when they can create um, win opportunities, win-win opportunities for everyone that they work with. I think that Courtney and Darius have built a business with a heart which you don't see very much these days and especially not in the real estate industry. So it was really refreshing to speak with them. And I really enjoyed hearing their perspective on the G word, you know, gentrification, um, revitalization, the what the responsibilities are of an investor coming in to a neighborhood. We just had an awesome conversation. This is a profile that you do not want to miss. So without further ado, let's chat with Darius and Courtney. <laughs> So before we get into the podcast with the Petaways, I just want to announce that we have an official website for The Real Freedom Podcast. It is www.therealfreedompod.com. So be sure to check us out there. We are still adding past episodes. So please be patient with us as we are growing and in our growth stage. And through there, you can contact us, give me feedback about 
who you'd love to see us interview, any guest suggestions. And if you're interested interested in sponsorship, that's a great way to connect with us there as well. You can also email me at um, hello at therealfreedompod.com. And we now have a Instagram page just for the Real Freedom Podcast. So that's separate from mine. Um, my personal is at Nick, N-I-K, the banker. But you can also find us for the podcast at the Real Freedom Pod. So if you search Instagram, you should be able to find us there. So stay tuned. We are growing and there is so much more that I am excited to share with you. Enjoy. <laughs> Ah, there it goes. <laughs> I was getting so nervous. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, Darius, Courtney, everybody there? Yes. yes. Awesome. Welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you guys in the guest chair and to speak with you about one of my favorite things, um, generation wealth building and also real estate and how those two uh, combine and come together yeah so yeah so um I'm really excited to talk to you why don't you guys tell me a little bit about yourselves are you um I know you're based in Kentucky but are you from Kentucky no no I'm from I'm actually from San Antonio Texas um he's you're from yes I'm from good old Montgomery Alabama road tide <laughs> oh Okay, I got family in Montgomery. Okay, that's cool. War Eagle. But um, yeah, so I'm from San Antonio. My parents were military, and so we ended up in Alabama. Um, and so we knew of each other in high school, knew of each other, but didn't really ever have any conversation. But we, I guess, met officially in college. Yeah, she thought I stole something from her. <laughs> I did. I was clearly innocent. <laughs> And uh, but she knew what she was doing. She wanted. I did. She wanted me. No, she no. wanted you from all that time, right? She had to think of oh, some kind of I, plot to get you. I really did thought uh, thought he stole like my flash drive had all my homework on it and everything. So I accused him. That was like our first conversation. That's that's a great foot to start off with. But it sounds like it it, it ended really well. You guys are together and yes. happily ever after. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, got married and ended up in Louisville. Okay. That's, that's our story. <laughs> so now, is it, um, so it sounds like work brought you to Kentucky, and what's the market like out there as far as real estate? Go ahead. You want to answer? Well, actually, uh, school brought me to Kentucky, mm-hmm. and uh, I had to convince her to come <laughs> up here with me. I didn't want to come. She didn't want to come. <laughs> uh, she, she loved Alabama. And so uh, school nah. brought me up here. And so uh, I got introduced to real estate because everything so uh, consuming and demanding. Um, I started here. I picked up any job that that was there. You know, I started off working at uh, the UPS airport. I was just trying to get myself going. And uh, eventually um, I got into uh, restaurant management. And um, after restaurant, restaurant management, I went straight into healthcare. Just trying to figure out something with a good, um, with a good work-life balance. Uh, I moved here uh, to get my master's in divinity, and so just trying to find something that would allow me to serve my community uh, more so. And uh, that's how I landed with real estate. I, I, I've been in healthcare for the past two years, and I contract with different hospitals, um, 
for robot different types of instruments that includes uh robotics optics you name it that's what i do and so uh even with working in healthcare my time was consumed my wife also worked in healthcare and she'll tell you more about it but uh yeah my time was consumed just praying like lord show me some type of way to be able to make money and have some type of life and so mm. Uh, you know, I, I want to make money and raise kids. I want to make money and serve my community. How can I do both? And so that's how I came to real estate. And what's so funny is um, just like uh, I didn't really want to come to Louisville because, again, I'm from Texas. So San Antonio, 1.1 million people. the population, mm-hmm. And then Alabama is kind of a small country town a little bit but I started to like it and so having to move again I didn't want to and so it's funny um eventually I have grown to love Louisville and even when he brought up you know real estate I wasn't really for that either (laughs) I did not really want to get into real estate because I had peers and co-workers um who were in real estate at the time and I just heard so many negative stories um so it kind of turned me off initially um, so when Darius initially brought up the idea, I was like, uh, wait a minute, <laughs> I don't, I don't, think so. you know, we make good money right now. We're living. Okay. You know, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Keep, keep staying in the rat race basically is what I was kind of saying. Um, so that was last year and we made the leap and then here we are almost a year later. So, so Courtney, it sounds like you are the tough customer you, <laughs> you gotta go for the the hard sell to be convinced you, yes. you uh you're from texas but you're a little bit more got that show me state kind of feel going on. <laughs> right exactly because i'm i'm a planner and i like to know what i'm getting into like i want to know what is going to be the outcome what is going to be the result what's going to happen you know i want definitive answers a definitive okay this is what we're doing so with real estate, of course, you know, it's, it's a risky business, um, but we're just learning how to mitigate the risk. And so all I heard was risk, you know, when I was talking to my peers and things of that nature, but I never really paid attention to the benefits and the reward and the rewards definitely outweigh the risk. So, so yeah. So I had never been to Louisville, mm-hmm. um, and I think I'm saying it wrong because that's like you know my post Jersey. Mm-hmm. But what what is what what is Louisville known for? What what kind of industry? Uh, what what kind of things are happening? Is it a city? Is it, is it a small town? Like tell me a little bit more about Louisville. It's a big city with a small town mm-hmm. feel. It's right. like a blue dot in a red state. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not a New York, but it's not a Montgomery, Alabama either. either. Yeah. It, it, actually because <laughs> this is probably the only uh city in Kentucky that's progressive more so right. um it's also uh, laden with uh, businesses mm-hmm. you have uh, Amazon you have UPS you have uh Humana, Humana. Mm-hmm. you have a lot of uh big time companies that are uh, have have their headquarters you, you have Spectrum who just bought out Time Warner mm-hmm. you have a lot of big time companies that are here and that creates a lot of uh, socioeconomic stability. And so, uh, but uh, to answer your question uh, more specifically, mm-hmm. um, Muhammad Ali uh, yeah. from Louisville, of course, Kentucky overall is a big basketball mm-hmm. state. Yeah. So you have the, uh, yeah, Car- <laughs> you have the Louisville Cardinals. 
Okay. The Derby. The Derby. Of course, yes. everyone knows about the Derby. Everybody knows the Derby, right? Diddy is going to be here this weekend. Yeah, he will be here at the <laughs> for the Derby, like, really? Yeah, yeah, he's having like this huge party this uh, not this week. Is it this week? Yeah, no, it's, yeah it's, this it's weekend. weekend yeah. Derby weekend. Um, so that's really what it, the Derby, of course, uh, Muhammad Ali. Um, and then basketball. beer. Oh, yeah, beer and basketball. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, right, right, right. There's a lot of um, different bourbon companies that have started in um, Kentucky. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like there's a, a, a rich history there and also um, a, a rich and, and robust economy. Mm-hmm. So is that one of the things that played into, um, I guess more for you, Darius, because Courtney, you weren't even on, you weren't on board <laughs> at that point. But is that one of the things that you considered when you thought about Real estate, you know, the thriving economy, lots of business, you know, bustling type of uh, city. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a must have, I feel like, for a real estate investor. You always want to invest in real estate where the populace uh, seems to be uh, well taken care of or have decent jobs. You, you can't... Um, We're homeowners. Or homeowners. You, you can't, you know... Uh, um, buy a home and expect some buy a home fix it up or you can't build a home up out of the ground and you know price it in none of the city rarely or barely any of the cities place to purchase anything what happens when you have different um different companies tech companies uh uh carrier companies here uh it it provides a lot of different avenues for for the citizen to be able to make money and that citizen to thrive and buy homes. And so you're right, uh, Nicole, that did play into it uh, as well as just uh, looking at your layout, looking at your demographic. I love to see cities where uh, you see people stacked on top. I love to see house by house by house. Because uh, and when you have a healthy populace and then you have house by house by house, what that lets me know is that there is demand for a particular area. There is demand in this particular city. So, you know, when when there's a demand and you have business, uh, yeah, the, the you have good odds to, to have good business. Yes. So it sounds like what you're saying, and, 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 and just for, you know, we have a variety of listeners as far as aspiring established, it sounds like, you know, the, the overcrowding or, you know, people kind of the, the, the influx, that's yeah. a good thing. Right. Yeah. That's what you want to see. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. What happens is this market is actually short. And what I mean by short is people want to buy, but there are very few, like the demand uh, it's not met by the inventory. So with increased inventory, mm-hmm. um, of course it will be met, but the demand is so high now. Um, we're just talking with um, a few real estate agents and they were telling us like 90 houses listed a few days ago and like 87 of those houses by the next day were under contract. Right. So that's, what, that's how quickly. That's how quickly. <laughs> so what that tells you is that the, the inventory is definitely short and people want homes. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that is kind of a, what is being echoed across the country. I mean, mm-hmm. here in Jersey, I hear from, you know, major cities all over the country and even smaller cities, there's just a shortage of inventory, not so much in the luxury market, but mm-hmm. kind of in the, you know, middle market, starting exactly. home. Right. Exactly. So you guys are experiencing the same thing. Yes, Exactly. So just kind of 
going back to the beginning of the conversation, you mentioned your, your story starts with uh, you having worked in the medical field, Darius, for a few years and, and you, you as well, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Now, are you, are you with uh, Petway Estates full time at this point or are you still juggling both? We're still, well, I'm, I have the opportunity now. I just left my job uh, two months ago. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Cause we, um, and of course this wasn't like a overnight, Oh, I'm leaving. I'm quitting, <laughs> but we, we definitely plan to do this. Um, but we realized to scale and grow the business the way we want to grow it. It, it was not saying impossible for those listening. Cause you can do it. It's just, it would be a lot easier if at least one of us were able to do it full time. So he does it part time and then I do it full time. Okay. So that, and I guess that kind of balances out. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know Courtney, your concerns are, have to do with risk and planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think probably I want to get you back on the con- on, on a call again, that you both and talk about that plan. Cause that could be a whole other conversation oh, in and of itself. Like, <laughs> you know, just making that leap is, is so, you know, scary and, and sometimes just confounding for people. Just like how, how, when you're not going to get exactly, especially cause you have to, you have to think about all those things. Like I understand, you know, some people just take the leap and they say, Hey, I'm gone in the day. That's just, that's just not me personally. And, you <laughs> right. know, I wanted to make sure, okay, do we have insurance, you know, cause we actually had insurance through my job. Um, because it was just better terms than the insurance that was being offered through um, his job. And so if I quit, you know, those are things you have to think about um, before you just put your two weeks in, you know. So um, there was definitely a plan in place. Okay, how are we going to do this? You know, lifestyle adjustments and things of that nature. So um, for those who are listening, who are contemplating, um, if you're able to, then go for it. But make sure at least you have a plan in place and don't just take the leap. If you're if you're able to wait it out and have some patience. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's key. The the plan, patience, and kind of making sure there's some things lined up. You know, you may not have to have a full year salary, but right. um it's not it needs to be strategic. Right. I can't just be like, you know, jumping out there. Exactly. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about uh the community development and revitalization. I know this is something that you are both very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um Darius, you talked about um, wanting to find fulfilling work that was not only lucrative, but also offered an opportunity for you to give back. Yeah. Um, so um, what do you see is the relationship between home ownership, revitalizing properties, and then community development or revitalization? Like, how do they connect? Why is that important? Um, yeah, what? it's important. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's important because, um, A, uh, it takes a healthy community to uh, produce healthy citizens. Uh, there, I think there's a quote, it takes a village to raise a child. Um, and it, it's very true when you, when I see dilapidated communities, when Courtney sees dilapidated communities, um, our, partly due to our faith, your heart reaches out to that community. You know that, you know, Everybody in that community, they want better for themselves, but many of them are in the financial positions to, you know, buy that vacant house, you know, two doors down that nobody takes care of um, and and, and uh, just do that over and over again till the next thing you know, a few years later, now your community, uh, the appraisal value has gone up, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the city 
clerks who come by or whoever the city designates to come by to zone the communities. Now your community uh, has been upgraded in in its zoning. And um, I think that's what reaches out to me. You want to help uh, those who can't help themselves. You want to help those communities. And lastly, for our elderly, uh, um, we live next to some precious, precious elderly uh, couples. And um, yeah, you know that um, they can't, they aren't in a position. They, they're probably living um, off of uh, uh, a fixed income. They can't help uh, what's going on, you know, two or three doors down. And they also want to bring the communities back to a place where they used to be as well. And so I think that brings us the greatest joy to see a difference made and uh, be a part of being that difference. So, yeah. I also like that we redevelop a lot of homes in the same area we live in. Yeah. Um, Like some people, and we're not limiting ourselves to just, you know, the neighborhood we're in, we're pretty much open to anywhere, but most of our homes have been in the same vicinity. And so we're not, you know, out of reach. We're, we're, we're next door to some of these homes. And so we're putting our own dollars back into the community where we also live as well. And so I think that's even more exciting, too, because we're not doing this like at a distance or anything like that. Yeah, two things that you touched on. And I, I, I love what you said about um, the precious elderly, because I think in the conversation when we talk about um, or when the conversation changes and, and it's a broader conversation about real estate and development, you know, it's it's a lot about affordable housing and the young people moving in and what the young people can afford and younger couples and families. But I think sometimes the the demographic that gets lost in conversation is elderly people right. are not ready to go to a, you know, a home or, you know, want to keep their house and still take care of them. But, you know, they have a say. And, you know, I love that you are thinking about the, the impact and the, um, you know, what they can offer, right. uh, what they can bring to the table. So I think that's, that's amazing. Um, and then what you said, Courtney, as far as um, living in the community, I was doing a live last week. Um, I, I, I host a, a radio show and I was talking about community development. And I think that living in the community plays a really big role in how you run your business. Do you, do you agree that, um, you know, I think that sometimes if you live in the community, it becomes more of a, you know, it it's becomes a heart thing. Right. It's not just the business thing. Right? right. Exactly. It's no different than I always think about that show. Um, I don't know, undercover boss, you know, how the boss kind of, um, he'll actually go to the businesses he owns to see, okay, what is it, you know, like real in real life on a day to day business and they come when they're finished with their uh, I guess few days visiting company they have a whole new new perspective on how they want to run their business and I think that it's similar to when you're living in the community that you're redeveloping you have a whole new perspective and compassion and almost uh, a sympathy and, and and even more of a desire to help because you see it every day does that make sense um, yeah, so it's 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 definitely a perk to this business as well. And I, I wonder, because um, my question was, is there an obligation if you're doing business in a community, if you're receiving from a community? Do you feel like there's an obligation as a business owner um, to give back? Yes, right? to, yes. to- Those elderly we were talking about, what happens with a lot of elderly people is, let's say, you know, they've stayed in the community. The community was once nice. And now over time, the community has uh, the property value has gone lower and lower. What 
a good situation for an elderly person is for their house to have appreciated. So let's say they are unable they 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 are unable to maintain themselves. What an ideal situation is for for that property is to have appreciated in value. So let's say they bought bought it at you know a hundred thousand, you know twenty years ago. Now, if if it appreciates. Let's say uh, land usually appreciates at, at around 0.5 percent. Let's say it's uh, it, it appreciates now. Twenty years later, that same house is is worth 150 thousand. Now they can sell that home. Now they've already paid everything off, so now they have 150 thousand dollars in equity that they've just put in their pocket. They can go to a nursing home. They can go buy a smaller condominium as well as some type of medical help for the rest of their lives but unfortunately if, if it depreciates now stuck. they're stuck because uh i can't sell my home uh because yeah uh, a lot of times they <laughs> things haven't been updated the community is dilapidated and so they don't even know how much their home is worth and so it it helps out a lot when you begin to help out communities overall I think any business, especially in real estate, you should have a people first service mentality. Um, that's just my philosophy. If you do anything just for money, you'll operate your business that way. And, and it'll come out even when you're talking to other people. And, and don't get me wrong. I am a numbers person all day, <laughs> especially <laughs> Those numbers have to make sense. Yeah, we don't make emotional purchases. You know, there are sometimes we run into homes where we can't help the individual just because mathematically it just doesn't make sense. But we still try to come up with creative ways, creative ways, even if it's passing along to someone else or or something. Um, but at the end of the day, money cannot be the reason why you do this business. And I feel like you shouldn't do really any business with that mentality. Still important, I, but it shouldn't be the end all be all. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. I don't think it, it um, can be the driving force. Right. And you do your business well in a way that is not harmful to other people. I think that there definitely needs to be a level of, of, of compassion. Um, but you know, there are different, there are different schools of thought on that. So, um, I want to get into the next question Mm -hmm. and we've we've been talking about community development and I want to talk about the G word. I think that, you know, everyone kind of knows what that word is and, um, gentrification has gotten a kind of a bad rap, um, in current news and in a lot of different cities, do you feel like like the, you know gentrification has kind of become this negative thing? And what, in your eyes, is the difference between gentrifying versus revitalization? Because I noticed on all of your information and your website, you say revitalization, but not necessarily gentrification. Because right. we care, it, right? <laughs> it boils down to like a motive, honestly. Because you can ask five different people, and they'll give you five different answers. Because the result is the same. You're re, you're in the end, you are revitalizing the community. Now, gentrification, I really think it does boil down to the motive. Are you doing it because you truly want to see the community thrive? Or are you doing it because you are trying to displace people out of their homes, etc.? So, especially if you're living in the community, you're not really, in my opinion, gentrifying it. Because you're, you're not displacing, you're actually bringing the value up. Does that make sense? 
Yes. And so yes. that's why I said you could ask, that's my opinion. You could probably ask someone else and they'll say, well, no, you're doing it this way. And, and it really just, it's really just how you perceive it. It's almost um, like some people say uh, cultural um, um, assimilation or cultural appreciation. You know, when Cinco de Mayo comes around the corner and I have a sombrero, some people are going to say, well, you're, you're um, disrespecting the culture or I could be appreciating the culture. It really just depends on who you ask and how they view it. And it boils down to what is this person's motive, if, if that makes sense. So I feel that's the same way with gentrification versus revitalization. That makes sense. I think that you made some uh, really great points as far as intention. Right. I mean, I, that 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 speaks to a lot of a lot of things we do, whether that's business or personal. What's your intention? Exactly. What is your intention? And also, we keep in contact with the uh, owners of the home that right. we buy them from. We just had dinner with one of them. With <laughs> one of them, and uh, we're going to have a dinner with another. Another one. one. So yeah, we, so, we so they can see the progress in the home as right. well as you know uh, if they wanted to you know buy them back or if they want to if if they want to move other family to them we we keep we show them um we keep them abreast on all the progress Mm -hmm. that's taking uh, forth in the home i love that yeah i mean just just leading with the heart i love what you guys are doing Mm -hmm. so when it comes to land ownership home ownership um you know we i'm I'm a person of color you guys are people of color Mm -hmm. what do you think is happening right now in in homeownership, investing, especially with homeownership. I, I read an article not too long ago about the homeownership rates for the black community at 50 year lows. Right. We're trailing, you know, pretty much every other ethnic group mm-hmm. in this country. Um, what do you think about that? And then as far as representation in terms of real estate investing, you don't see a lot of us as like major players at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to, you know, what do you think about that? I personally think for me, just speaking from personal experience, um, I didn't really think black people invested in real estate, <laughs> invest in, in real estate and, or just any type of investment, really. Of course, you know, you always have your, uh, small few, but there's not a lot at, out there right now. Now, since I've been in this business, I have had the opportunity to meet more, um, people of color who are real estate investors, but the percentage is definitely significantly smaller than our counterparts. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because I think a lot of people were like me and they just didn't know we did that type of stuff. <laughs> like, you just don't see it. So when you don't see it, you're prone to not even think you can do it. So for example, you know, it's easy for a young black boy to say, hey, I want to be a basketball player because we see tons of black athletes. We see tons of black singers. We see uh, tons of black actors, but we don't really see tons of black real estate investors. And so when you don't constantly see it, it's not even really at the forefront of your mind. And so we really want to show as well that, hey, we're young, millennial, married, black couple who are real estate investors. We didn't have any handouts. We didn't uh, uh, hit the lottery. We don't have rich parents. We just, you know, saw the opportunity and, you know, took the um, courses and educated ourselves, did our research and just took the leap of faith. And so we want to show other people, hey, it's possible. It's achievable. It's attainable. It's not reserved for, you know, this wealthy elite group, but that you can do it too. I also think, uh, African-American community as a whole uh, 
it kind of piggybacks off court and we go after what we see. So right. as like African-American women, they're the most successful uh, professional group. Like, um, yep. like part, any, any group you got the African-American women uh, in regards to having some type of professional is that whether that be a lawyer or that be an engineer, you guys, uh, in that sub-ethnic group, you guys are the most successful. You guys have seen that, uh, and you guys have gone after it. And I just think it's just a matter of time before the African-American community as a whole mm-hmm. sees that, just like we, uh, we, we've we seen that uh, there are different professions that are advantageous for us to get, we're going to see that real estate mm-hmm. is timeless. Mm-hmm. So as you know, 10 years ago, it would have been cool to go to college and be a lawyer as to where now if you went to college and you got your degree and passed the bar. There are very few jobs for lawyers now. Mm-hmm. And the ones they have don't even pay that much. So what I'm saying is that real estate, um, you don't have to A, do all that schooling and B, it's a timeless, um, it's a timeless commodity that appreciates. So if I buy, you know, a rental property at at 18 and um, I'm 28 now, you know what I'm saying? And I continue to uh, buy rental properties. By the time I'm 28, you set. You, I'm <laughs> set for life as to where I could be, you know, um, an engineer or a lawyer and I could be living uh, paycheck to paycheck or I could even be um, in, in a good financial situation, but I still have to work for somebody in order to uh, solidify my financial stability. Uh, so real estate, there's there's a lot of freedom in real estate. And it's a proven system that works. And again, this is not to knock anyone who are who are in those occupations. No, not we're, we're not against um, you know, engineers or lawyers or anyone. I still who work in healthcare. So yeah, yeah, he still works. <laughs> so this is not to say that we're against jobs because jobs used your, your salary used correctly and stewarded right can uh, propel you forward and can help you leverage and start your real estate business, et cetera. But it can't, you still have to work. You're still trading in time for money. Whereas real estate allows you to develop those passive assets and to, and develop, you know, wealth to where you're not only buying you're not only creating wealth financially, but you're also buying back your time. You don't have to continue being a lawyer if that's not what you desire to do, if you're just doing it for a paycheck. So it just gives you so many opportunities outside of a traditional job. Yeah, I think those are the really, really uh, great points. And um, I just want, you know, Darius, thank you for the uh, the the black girl boss up love. I'm just, I was just loving the way black girl. you know you see it, everything that we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so incredible. Um, so just getting back to the you know what we were talking about as far as um, the representation and uh, wealth building and kind of like changing concepts about what what we can do as far as being um, you know African Americans in this country. Mm-hmm. I know that generational wealth is a really strong buzz term right now. So it's, you know, buy back the block, buy, buy the block. Um, What are you, what kind of um, services or initiatives are you guys personally um, heading up or, or, or think, or would like to do to help um, the people that are coming behind you Mm -hmm. to learn about 
the benefits of investing. I know for us, we get a lot of questions, whether it's emails, DMs, and things of that nature, just saying, how do we get started? How do we get started? And sometimes we're not always able to answer, one, because we might just be limited on time, and two, because there's so much that goes into real estate that cannot be answered in a DM <laughs> or even like a simple email. It really requires some, you know, coaching, mentoring, or even just extensive conversation um, or series of classes. So something in the far future we would like to offer is, you know, courses, maybe either if, if that's what, whether that's virtual or in person, we don't know how that looks yet, yeah. but that's definitely something in the future we would like to do for our market. And um, we also have um, some people that we mentor, even just from our church. We have a, a young gentleman who's about to graduate high school and, you know, he's not sure if the college route is for uh, for him. So he's been basically kind of following us around trying to learn the ropes. And that kind of got our minds going, say, you know, how many other young um, African-American men and women who want to do real estate or they don't want to go to college and they just don't know what to do, this is an option for them. We could offer some type of mentorship or, or training for those who might be interested in saying, you know, I want to get into real estate. How do I do this? Because there's really not anything for our demographic where we are um, that can also teach it on a, a, a basic level, if that makes sense. And that's also yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that absolutely does. And it made me just think of an article I was reading, and I don't remember the publication, but it was basically referencing the kind of uh, gaps that exist in many trade jobs right now, while mm-hmm. a lot of younger people are going to college right. and getting that for these service type of jobs and, you know, the, the professionals like, you know, lawyers, doctors and things like that. But there's a huge kind of um, a, a huge gap in, in, in a big miss with things like being a contractor or a mechanic and things like that. There are not enough, you know, fresh, new young people coming into that area. Right. Um, and I think it was just really encouraging because not college isn't for everyone. You know, there are other options out there. Yeah. And you're talking to people with degrees. <laughs> right and I have one too <laughs> and it's like you know not saying college is a waste you know formal education I always say education is for everyone but a formal education may not be for yes. everyone. a four-year university may not be for everyone and so we we've already said you know whenever we do have kids we're not going to push a oh you must go to a four-year institution now if they do want to be a doctor or something of that nature then yes by all means, I really do need you to get that medical degree before you work on it. <laughs> but <laughs> exactly. But if you're not going into those occupations where really a degree is required, it's the way our economy is now set up and so many opportunities, it should not have to be you must go to a four year degree to be successful because that's clearly not the case, especially if you're in real estate. <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally agree. I have the the uh, student loan receipts to, to prove it. I'm, right. I'm happy with my with my degree. But you know, um, I'm big on education. What I've learned is it doesn't have to be the formal education. Exactly. But we constantly we have to be lifelong learners. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we don't, we're going to get left behind. Right. So I know that you said that one of the questions you get the most often, this is one of my questions too, is getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. <laughs> what for aspiring um, investors, not to get you know too deep in it, but you know, one of the biggest obstacles I think in, in as far as entry into this kind of uh, business or profession is 
money Mm -hmm. you know how what kind of things do you say when it's time to when people ask you about getting started and it's like well you know I don't really have a lot of money saved um not even so much the knowledge part because I think there's a ton of information out there but you know what would you say about getting started Uh, I would just have to be honest with real estate you don't have to have necessarily a lot of money but you would need just to be just to be real with people who are listening you do need some money saved because for example before you start anything we always encourage someone to set up their business legally, whether that be an LLC or whatever other entity that you decide when you talk to a lawyer or advisor or whatever. So even if it's just a thousand dollars or a couple of hundred dollars, just to at least get that set up. So, because you also want to eliminate risk. I'm a person that of course you can't eliminate it, but you can't, you can mitigate it. And that's one thing to mitigate. uh, You can do to mitigate risk before you get started. To at least set up your LLC or your business structure. Once you have done that, um, I, we always encourage people to, hey, start wholesaling. Um, a lot of people heard programs that say, hey, learn how to you know, do real estate, no money down or no credit pulls and things of that nature. Usually when people are saying that, they're talking about selling and wholesaling is in a nutshell. Of course, this would take you know, a, a longer conversation to really explain the ins and outs. But I suggest people to just kind of look it up and educate themselves on it. Wholesaling is a way where you can earn, you know, a few thousand dollars and not have to, you know, figure out money for down payment or make sure you have a 700 or more credit score, things of that nature. And other things you can do is uh, link up, find you somebody who you aspire to be like, Uh, find you uh, an investor, find you a real estate agent. (laughs) You can start with the agent. They're easier. They're a lot easier to find. Uh, that me, you, you, you shadow that person until you begin to learn something. It's mm-hmm. almost you. You have to have that desire, and uh, if you really want it, people go get it. Here's one thing: um, people really get it confusing. I understand. There's this Will Smith video that is out, and he's talking about somebody who is um, telling him he wants to be an actor. And um, some type of way, Will Smith ends up telling him, no, you don't, because you're going to have to really work. <laughs> right. You're going to have to actually do some Yes. Work. <laughs> and so that if you're going to find you a real estate agent, find you an investor and shout them, help them. Mm-hmm. Tell them you'll do work for free. Mm-hmm. Find them, help them learn the ropes of the business, because once you learn the ropes, you're uh, like you're unstoppable. It's child's play. Mm-hmm. You could. You know, investors, we just had investors calling us yesterday like, hey, do you guys have any houses right now that you guys want to wholesale to? Like, once you get the ball rolling, it's good. The, the hard part is getting the ball rolling, finding people who you can trust, uh, finding general contractors and things of that nature. But just getting started, find you somebody who you can look up to. Uh, everything Courtney was saying, but I would say, yeah, find a mentor mm-hmm. who can pour into you and go from there. And that goes to um, wherever you are. Usually there's real estate groups in your local cities. We say attend those. You can find so much value in those. Um, online real estate groups, whether that's through Facebook or meetup.com, uh, Bigger Pockets, I hear is a, another big forum. Um, really just putting yourself out there. I really do like what Darius said and linking up with someone, link up with someone who is where you want to be and pull out all of the information that you possibly can work for free do do things of that nature um but that's how you make small steps to getting started 
save using money from your job. You know, you may have to bring your lunch, bring your lunch to work, you know, stop eating out, stop eating out, stop eating out right? <laughs> save some money. I bet we could stop drinking coffee every day from Starbucks. I heard we supposed to be striking them anyway. Are we? I don't no, know. Yet. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yet, but figure, you know, make a budget, figure out, okay, where can I cut, where can I make some cuts to allow me to, to launch my real estate business. If I really want to if I really want to do this thing, I got to put action behind what I'm saying. And so I may have to say take some short-term sacrifices for the long-term reward. Put $10, $20, $30 aside every week until I get my LLC. Put some money aside so maybe I can invest in a course. There's um uh, another resource people can uh look up to is Kendra. Uh, she has the real estate summit, I believe. And I think it's maybe a hundred dollars or something. I'm not sure on the price where she has a plethora of information that you can watch for, um, to learn about different avenues of real estate, whether that's flipping, wholesaling, rentals, etc. You know, you, you stop eating out for a whole month. You're able to buy her course and change your, the course of your life through real estate. So it just takes sacrifices on our part if we really want to do this thing. Absolutely. And I actually had Kendra on um, a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So for the listeners, you can go back and listen to that episode um, with Kendra of the key resource and hear about, um, you know, that interview and and how she did that. But I think that that is that is key Um, Mm -hmm. shadowing. I've been really um, pleasantly surprised at how often people are willing to help when you just ask. Um, you know, not not necessarily financially, but, you know, I'd like to shadow you or can I just take you out for coffee and pick your brain or, you know, investors, I think really are interested if if you're hungry enough to reach out and be persistent and say, you know, I'll get on your calendar. I'll do whatever it takes. I just want to glean from you. Mm -hmm. I have found that that to be, you know, very positive feedback. I mean, even, even this conversation, how we connected, I just asked, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. just asking will open doors. Exactly. Completely agree. So um, this is a, a team I find in real estate, I, I, you know, I'm on the lending side, but mm-hmm. I think whether you're a, a real estate professional, as far as a, a real estate agent or a lender, or you're a investor, you need a team, right? So exactly. how did you guys build your team? I have found sometimes with finding contractors who are reliable, that could be a challenge. So <laughs> how talk about <laughs> yes, let's talk about it. Talk about it. Um, that was actually one of the first pieces of advice that we got when we were learning, you know, the ropes of real estate is to build a solid team. You will not be able to have a, a uh, you will not be able to grow to the to the place you want to in business without a solid team. So that was really the first thing we did. And really, it was just calling people, Googling people, asking other investors about um, resources and people they're connected to. Um, really just asking it's it was simple as that you know asking our church family connecting with them hey do you know good realtors hey you know I know you work in construction do you know any good contractors or or hey do you do you know any what are the good markets you know gleaning from even our realtor what are some good places that we need to look into as far as investing what should we do what should we not do so really that's really what it boiled down to is asking and researching and looking up on Angie's list and uh, Google reviews and Facebook reviews. And um, it took a while. It definitely took a while, but now we have a um, solid GC. We're always looking to add more because especially as you 
flip more houses. You don't want to entrust everything to just one GC. Um, just because life happens, you know, if they get sick or something like that, you want to have, you know, extras to fall back on. Um, so really it's just research and asking the people that you are around daily, um, linking up with other investors in the area. I always say it's other investors are not bad competition. They're good competition because we can all, you know, recycle resources and, and, and put in good words for different, you know, avenues and different, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Just just different people in the real estate game. Do you have anything to say? Mm-mm. I think I agree with you. <laughs> you said you said it all. That was that was said it all. He said I talked so, too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and whenever you want to jump in, Darius, it's you know <laughs> conversation. Um, private lenders. I want to talk a little bit about um, you know, getting kind of getting back to um capital and ways that you can finance deals. Um, how do you find private lenders? How did you find your first initial private lenders? I mean, I've heard of people saying, well, you ask friends and family, but you know, as a newbie starting out and you just come in with this idea that's maybe not completely baked and you know, how likely is it that you have someone even for some people in their family who's got like $10,000 randomly sitting around that they want to just you find that you're doing your homework, I believe, um, when when you create your package, uh, you have to make sure that you've dotted your I's and crossed your T's. Think from an investor standpoint. Um, you know, do are are your comps are, are they viable? Do they how like what is the square what is the square footage you're looking like? Uh, does your property um, equal out to the other properties? Uh, you know, other property may have sold it. You know, sold it more money, but it may have a garage or something like that and yours does not just doing your homework and also professionalism, making sure your, your, uh, your packet, your property packet, it communicates uh, clearly. And I, I think I'm assuming people know what a property packet is. So <laughs> no, I think you property, should explain that. <laughs> it, it's simply a document that show your property and why uh, an investor should invest in it. Why it's a great opportunity. Uh, I mean, you can sure. What were you saying? I was. You just asked me. <laughs> oh, so the property packets because I'm the I'm the creative one, <laughs> not really, but he's the creative one. But I told you I was like the numbers. The numbers, yes. <laughs> so the property packets really are pretty much it's, it's nothing fancy. You can even make it in a word document, and it's just all the information that would be necessary for a potential investor um, to potentially lend on your deal. Now, going back to your original question, how do you find those private lenders? Um, that's when you can you network. So, um, again, it's, it's really no special magic. It really boils down to getting yourself out there and networking. We found some of our private lenders through local um, real estate groups um, and Facebook groups. So we have you have to put yourself out there and let people know what you're doing. Assuming that it's a good deal, and again, that's like a whole nother conversation for another day to make sure you even have a good deal. But assuming you have a good deal, when you put yourself out there, the lenders will find you. They will be interested in lending on your deal because not only will you make money, they will make money, if that makes sense. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that absolutely does make sense. Were you going to say something, Darius? Yeah, the biggest compliment... I think I get from uh, investors is when they say, wow, I have no questions. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to 
be a part of this or wow your packet is so you know neat professional to the point like I, I haven't seen anything like this so mm-hmm. it's it's very important to really do your homework uh, again and dot your i's cross your t's mm-hmm. uh yeah it's that simple and then your work will speak for you actually one of our lenders she just gave us a call last week and she's you know she was so impressed by our packets and our in our diligence she referred us to other lenders people who we don't even know yeah she put in a good word for other people she knew. So when we had deals in the future, she, if she can't do it at the time, mm-hmm. she'll still pass it off to them because we presented ourselves as professional. We 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 include all information necessary. Payments on time. Yeah, they can make sure you making payments on time. Before oh, time. Yeah, yeah, we paid her early. <laughs> paid her early. So just making sure you're dotting your eyes and crossing your t's. Um, and really putting your best foot forward, mm-hmm. and uh, again, assuming you have a good deal, um, they'll 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 find you. They'll want to fund it mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, and I, I would add this to making sure um, your output, your social media, your your website. It's mm-hmm. it's very unprofessional when you have, let's say, you designate a Facebook page for your business. But you have nothing on there about your business. All of it has to do with, you know, uh, politics or how you're feeling that day is full of cursing (laughs) and, you know, popping or whatever you want to (laughs) say. I see this a lot. When you reach out to an investor, I guarantee you they're going to research you and all of that stuff. So uh, make sure that, you know, your website isn't outdated. Make sure that all of your links in your website actually work because they're going <laughs> to click them. And yeah. if it doesn't work, that that that's unprofessional. We, we get friend requests and things of that nature from people who we know are lenders and we know automatically, yeah, they're checking us out. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to see, are we legit? You know, they're trying to see, are we talking crazy or, you know, anything like that. And I'm not saying you can't be yourself because you're still going to be yourself, but you still want to be professional. Um, that's one of the things we do. We know we keep business business. We keep personal personal. Um, but those are just little tips. Again, some people will take it or leave it. But that's just something that has helped us. Um, again, having good deals, being professional, you know, not leaving room for any question. Yeah, I think though that's, again, more really key tips. And, um, you know, what I'm hearing is there's there is huge value in um, doing your due diligence and being professional, putting your best foot forward, because, you know, we're in real estate. We're usually talking about large sums of money people are entrusting you to. Right. Um, and sometimes, you know, I, I know in in on this side for the for being a lender, you sometimes never mm-hmm. see people's faces. You know, you never right. get to meet them in person. So, right. yeah, that that makes absolute sense. And I think those are some really valuable tips for listeners. Right. So we only met two of our lenders in person. Yeah. All of them else, all, all of the other ones, we have never even met in person. It's just our our packaging and presentation has spoke for us. Exactly. So who you are as a brand, all those things speak before you ever even have the conversation, I guess, before the emails ever even stop flying, you know, flying back mm-hmm. and forth. Yeah, exactly. Someone said, I don't know who said it, but someone did. And I thought it was so good. Some people have a business and they don't have a brand. Some people have a brand that they really don't have any business. But if you really want to dominate, you need both. Exactly. And that stuck and that stuck with me. You need a brand and a business. I feel like we need to have a part two of this conversation because I have a few <laughs> more questions. And just this conversation, I'm like, I I we have to we're definitely gonna have to come back to this. I have a few additional <laughs> questions and then we're gonna go to the um 
fast break rounds. But um, we've talked a little bit about private lenders, and I know that sometimes investors do joint joint ventures. How important is all you know the quote unquote legal stuff, contracts, having an attorney, the the company structure? I know you touched on that before about making your business legal, but protecting yourself. Do you, I mean did you get an attorney? You know, starting uh, step one from the door. Like, how did you handle that? Oh yeah, we and and again, everyone is different, but this is just the way we decided to go. Um, we just wanted to make sure we were set up to where if or or when, because they say real estate is not a matter of if someone sues you, it's when that you have your ducks in a row. Um, contracts, I can I say nothing is official unless it's signed, and that goes for even anything between me and my uh, realtor. From our GCs, we make them sign contracts. Our contractors sign contracts. Everyone signs a contract. <laughs> Everyone gets a contract. Every, you get a contract. <laughs> you get a contract. You get a contract. Because I don't want anything to be um, lied based on word of mouth. Um, so I think having things in writing, having your business uh, structure in place before you even get started. Because it could just take that one person who might be a little crazy in the head to want to sue you for whatever reason because they just don't feel good that day and you don't have an LLC set up and guess who they're coming for? They're coming for you individually. So even... All your assets. All your assets. All your assets. Personal assets. So for me, I didn't even want that... I didn't even... That wasn't even a second thought for me. <laughs> I, we didn't even start looking at homes till we had that in place. Because we didn't want to be tempted to try to get up and put it under our personal name because it was a good deal. And then somebody sues us and, and, you know, they're coming after everything we have. And there's some likelihood it won't happen. But again, we're just about mitigating risk. And so we just want to do things what we believe to be the correct and appropriate way. All right. So with that, we are going to jump into our Think Fast questions. These are just a few questions where you just answer the whatever comes first at the top of your mind um, when you hear the question. And uh, I'm going to start with the first one, which is uh, what tools or resources have you used that have improved or grown your business that you can share with the listeners? That you can share with the listeners. Whether that be an app or software, um, you know, a, a practice, a habit. Can you think of anything? I'm trying to think. We're thinking fast. Hold on. Oh, our, our binders. We get a ton of emails about our binders. Our scope of work binders. Um, that really is helpful to us. Um, this is something we give our contractors. And it pretty much detail. When I say details, it's usually like five, six pages long for just one home. And it pretty much says everything we want to do to flip a home. And I'm talking about down to like model numbers, colors of appliances, materials, finishes, all of those it just not it just doesn't leave room for any gray areas. Um, I think that's a good resource. I would agree. Okay, what books are you currently reading, or what what one book are you reading? What are you reading right now? Uh, besides the Bible. Uh, <laughs> besides the Bible. <laughs> uh, that's I mean that's my go to. That's uh, honestly I don't even I'm not even gonna lie on this podcast I have not read a book in probably a month. <laughs> because <laughs> we're so busy so no books at this point right now but we do read tons of blogs real estate blogs from real estate investors so we are reading but a specific book at this point no i just read the bible That's <laughs> me too there's no knocking the bible i read it every day That's, yeah you, know, you gotta keep word in <laughs> you go to genesis you look how abraham handled his business oh yeah abraham uh, was lit yeah <laughs> he did not play so 
Yeah, take notes from Abraham. <laughs> it's still a, what is? It's a good business book. Yeah, <laughs> it it absolutely is. Proverbs all day. Oh I mean, yeah, business principles right there. Mm-hmm. Um, what blog are you reading, or do you? What's like your go to? You know, for information that you can share. Um, I have been. She reads a lot of. Blogs. I read a lot of blogs. It's not even really one particular she person. Just like sifts through. Um, yeah, I can't even think of one right now. I know I'm on. That's not really a blog, but Investopedia. Is a good out for people who are new. Um, Investopedia is a good blog. Um, I don't know if y'all are familiar with. Uh, he's an investor, Sam Merrill. Um, we follow him, and he's always posting really good stuff on his blog. So I read his a lot. Um, those are I know my two primary, and then really it's just whatever pops up. If it piques my interest, I'll read it. But if you're talking about a specific one, those are two that I reference a lot. Okay, what does freedom look like to you? Oh man! Man, being able to go to school, uh, <laughs> pastor a church, serve the community, raise my kids, and not have to worry about Courtney asking me what we're gonna do. <laughs> I love it. Big, big vision, big faith. Um, what did he say? <laughs> I know we're supposed to answer these quickly. Yes. Okay. Um, knowing what you now know, what one piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Don't borrow from FAFSA. <laughs> Stay away from student <laughs> loans. Do whatever you can. We learned our lesson. So I just got my master's in December of last year. Um, that's a whole different story. That's I was already in it when it came to the real estate game. So I said, might as well finish. <laughs> but we were smart. We said, we're not going to borrow for um, our master's. So we were fortunate to be able to pay our way through graduate school. But those undergrad loans. But by the grace of God, we will be debt-free this year. So that's that's what we are um, praying for. But yeah, stay away from FAFSA, Sally Mae, Navian, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> listen, if I can tell, if you black, white, blue, purple, <laughs> listen, do your best. Unless you're going to become an engineer or a teacher or something where you have to have some a type high of return. a high return, um, stay away from the loans. Don't, man, like, just <laughs> don't do it. I was a liberal arts major. It was so useless. <laughs> yeah, don't do so, it. so basically, no, no loans. That's what you got. No, no loans. Okay. All right. Talk about one failure you've experienced in your business thus far that has helped you to grow your business. Um, contractor. Uh, yeah, contractor. Uh, with the, we had to fire a contractor. Basically, we had a lot of red flags from the beginning. Yeah, we didn't pay attention. But to him. we got attached. One of us got attached. But we I, got attached. I got attached to him. We, just, <laughs> we started. We just hoped so he would, you know, at, he would lie here and we would notice it because we're checking out our property. He'll lie here and lie there. We just sweep it under the rug. We should have fired him there. Uh, but um, uh, so ultimately, he just ended up uh, uh, going ghost and we had to fire him uh, just officially. Officially, we had to fire him. But what we learned from that point is um, have multiple contractors, have multiple <laughs> contractors. And also, uh, we learned from that uh, to make sure we were happy that we stuck to a payment schedule because if we would have trusted him with. A big lump sum would have been screwed. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, we only paid him based off of work done. So that helped us out. That helped our lender out. And basically, the properties will be listed in two weeks now. And so mm-hmm. uh, that, that just helped out a ton. We learned our lesson, though, is when somebody 
is telling you who they are, believe them yep. and fire them. So. <laughs> and <they're fired. laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So after this podcast, if listeners want to connect with you or speak with you, where can we find you? Instagram, Facebook, website, Petway Estates. If you Google Petway Estates, you'll find us. <laughs> I also don't have many followers on Instagram. <laughs> We're trying to get his Instagram uh, Yeah. Game My up. name is Gary's Petway. Follow me. I'm lame, but I'm not too lame. He's so, not yeah. lame. Give me a try. <laughs> He's not so we'll put all of that in the show notes so where we can find you on your, your personal page and also on the business page so that people can follow you. And- yes. <laughs> Help them get to 500 followers, guys. 500, guys. 500. <laughs> we'll definitely work on that. And we'll be following you. And I'll definitely be keeping up with your, your success and your journey. I just really, really appreciate um, you guys jumping on this podcast. And I think you shared a ton of valuable content. I, I honestly feel like we need to do this again, you know, maybe in a month or so and come back and ask some additional questions because there's so, you have so much value and you, you, you know, your journey um, is so rich. So I just really, really thank you for your time. Well, thank you for sharing. having us. We yeah. really enjoyed it. Sorry if we uh, took longer on yeah. the Think Fast. Yeah, so long-winded. <laughs> oh, I didn't know they long-winded. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was completely okay. It was such a, a such a pleasure, and I definitely want to um, continue c- to connect with you guys and support you um, with what you're doing. And um, yeah, let's definitely do this again. Definitely, soon. looking forward to it. Indeed. All right, you guys take you care. Too. Thank you too. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye.